0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia, and with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. For a value added extra, excellencepodcast.com has heaps of free resources for you to download. That is excellencepodcast.com.
1: And today, our special guest is Terry Dry. Terry's based in Los Angeles in the US of A. He's an entrepreneur and advisor, does a lot of work with emerging and mid market agencies. So, welcome, Terry.
2: Thanks. Welcome. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So, Terry, you, you're doing a lot of work with entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, sometimes they get a bit stuck. And we were talking earlier, you talked about how you get them unstuck. Talk, tell us about that. I'm, you know, tell our listeners about that.
2: Yeah, happy to. I'm um, you know, having been an entrepreneur myself and still being an entrepreneur, I know the feeling of being stuck and it's just my pleasure to try to help people get unstuck because what I find is so many entrepreneurs they're stuck in their ways, you know, their business may be stuck but they may also be stuck in their ways as far as not having sort of a north star, not having not a a, a business goal, let alone a personal goal. So what, what I try to do to help them is Really try to establish what is that goal personally, and then how can the business help serve them? And then what's the vision and strategy forward, as well as the strategic initiatives to actually get it done, right? Then, because so many of them then have a plan, but don't implement it, don't execute it. And I've been there, you know, so I was stuck at times when I didn't even realize it either. So now it's something I try to apply to them what I learned. Don't make the mistakes I made, for instance. And I mean, you say people are stuck, is that because they
0: they get focused solely on, you know, I want to build a better mousetrap and I don't care what anyone else tells me, or and they sort of sit there trying to improve their product all the time? You know, what's what's the key thing that gets people stuck? You know, what is what is the major problem that they face?
2: I think the the key problem, well, if you're dealing with an entrepreneur, you wind up that so many of them started the business because they thought they could do it better, but it turned than somebody else. And then it turns out they're more of a technician rather than an entrepreneur. And they wind up just doing the job and being sort of in the business versus on the business to use that kind yes. of cliche and that thing. And so I find that they can get stuck there. On people that aren't entrepreneurial, that are just leading a business, they get seduced and/or satisfied by the status quo. And what you have to kind of learn, and one of my mantras is, change is inevitable, but struggle is optional. And if you can just kind of get comfortable, right, being uncomfortable and knowing that things are going to change. And what happens is you try so hard, you get to this place as an entrepreneur or as a leader, and you're just like, oh, my God, I hope it stays the same, right? Because I'm making money, everything's fine. But it doesn't work that way. Business doesn't work that way. The speed of change is greater than it's ever been and will continue to accelerate. So it's all about trying to help people in that area.
0: Yeah, so, so Terry, so entrepreneurs who are technicians, right? And and that's, that's very common. And we see that all over the world, you know, because they have a better product they have, whether it's a product or a service, it, they're still technicians. I mean, we think of technicians as the guy reinventing the computer, but, but no, yeah. it could be just creating a great service. What, you know, but isn't that a necessary element? I mean, somebody who says I'm a great businessman now let me go and find somebody who can do the technical stuff for me without really embracing the true vision of a better product or a better mousetrap or a better service. You know how successful are they if they just think they can manage people without the the commitment to the product or service?
2: Um, it really, I would argue, it depends on the product or service. But I think you do have to have some skill, right? You have to kind of know some element of what's going on. But by that same token, you've always got to just look at what's my superpower. You know, it's part of what we try to establish with them. And I know the both of you do coaching, speaking, etc. So I know that would probably be something you also establish as well of like, what is your unique superpower superhero skill and then how do you apply that and then how do you surround yourself with complementary pieces and or pieces that you know make the team better that you can either delegate to etc so i think there's no question about that if that if i'm tracking with what your question is i would also say so much of it is mindset you know and i think they get lost in i'm trying to build a better mousetrap i'm trying to do this better And rather than stepping back, looking 30,000 feet and going, am I playing to win or am I playing not to lose? And so much of that can come into the culture as well. It can fester in the culture because then it just stems from maybe not really having a real plan or maybe just being focused on, can I make payroll? And I was that person. I was like, I quit my job. I started something new. And all I wanted to do is not have to have a job again. And so I was focused on making payroll and doing all those things. And it wasn't until years later that I stepped back and realized I had to have a grander vision, a grander plan, and really evolve into an owner slash CEO versus a president, if you will, manager. It's the difference between leader and manager, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, um, the grander vision, grander plan, that really, that really appeals to me. But I just want to circle back for a second. I love that little quote you slipped in there before. Change is inevitable. Struggle is optional. I love that. That's, um, that's a really nice, uh, and really nice, uh, piece of advice, I think. So. If if change is inevitable and struggle is optional, then how how do you move forward? I'm assuming that creating business goals, maybe aligning them with your with your personal goals, would, would be a strategy. There, what, what are your thoughts around that?
2: Yeah, we have a whole process we try to put people through, and it's exactly that, Lindsay. It's, it's it's you're trying to first establish what's your north star. And what I found is, and I did this myself, is so many people just jump to, well, this is a north star of my business. This is what i want to do this is what i want to achieve this is where i want to go this is how much money i want to make this is my exit strategy and they totally skip the part of what's the goal for me as a person why am i doing this and am i setting up a business to serve my life or am i now going to be a servant to my business so you try to establish for us what are the personal goals then it is how is that north star set and how is it serving those personal goals and then it's the about the plan and the vision and the strategic initiatives on how to implement it. And that's sort of a rough version of our process to take people through and really help them get the outcomes they really want. Not the ones they think they should want or that the business should want, but what do they really want?
0: So so you mentioned something in there about people, you know, I have this goal of, I want to exit at a certain point or I want to, to, to do something. I guess, how do you know when it's time? How do you know when when you've done everything you can, it's now time to walk away and, and either not be involved or sell it or change the business or, you know, become the, you know, let professional management come in? What, what, what should be the time when you make that decision?
2: It's so hard, right? I mean, I mean so many people and I, I've gone through it myself on a few of my own businesses and some of the people we advise. It is not easy. And I think, when it's something so close to you and sometimes so personal to you, it's hard to make that decision or to see it clearly. So I would say how you know is it's a couple things. Is it aligned with your North Star vision and your plan? How are you feeling about it, right? Like for me, at a certain point, I'm like, I'm over it. Like I did it. I, I got where I wanted to go. And now I'm not bringing the same energy and appeal that, you know, that I was in the past. And it's time to move on. And then it's about like, step back and look at the marketplace. You know, I had this with my like the market could be changing and your window for an exit could happen sooner than you like, later than you like, or you may have missed it, right? Like, and so it kind of pairing back to what's your vision, what's your plan, mixing that with what's the marketplace right now? What does it do? And what is your real goal? I mean, I had this with my first business. I didn't want to sell it, but I had to. We were in social media marketing. We were growing. All of a sudden, it went from being this little secret that we knew to something that was huge that all these other companies were doing. And I recognized quickly, it was like, oh, boy, I thought I knew this secret. Well, it turns out everybody has now figured out this secret. And if I don't sell to this bigger company, we're going to get stuck. We're going to be flat versus if I wanted to keep growing, I needed to be part of that bigger entity. And so in my particular case, the first time I sold a business, I didn't necessarily really want to, but I knew I had to. I knew it was the right thing, and it totally wound up being the right decision.
1: So you mentioned the magic word there. <clears throat> um, um, well, pivot. You know, we, we've heard a lot of this during COVID, people pivoting. Um, when you know, when you're faced with a problem or a challenge, is it is it sometimes you, you either get out or, or you turn in a different direction and do something different within the same business? What's What are your thoughts around that?
2: Well, you know, we've all seen it <laughs> a little last while, but I look at it uh, to frame your thing back, Lindsay, as every problem is an opportunity, right? And if you look at it that way and you have a growth mindset, mm-hmm. then you start looking at where can I pivot? Where should I go? And at the end of the day, if you're solving a problem and you find a problem to solve, then you're probably in a good spot as a business. But what I find too often when people try to pivot, it's either something's happened to their core business or they're trying to solve a problem that maybe somebody else has already solved. And that's kind of one of the rules I always say is don't ever try to solve a problem that someone else has solved. Um, try to be resourceful, maybe partner with that person and pivot in a different way with partnerships, but don't try to do it you know, all on your own. It's troublesome. And in this day and age, I don't think you need to either. Uh, So, those are the different things that I look at.
1: So, you're saying that we should all be in a partnership of some kind? Is that, was it the message?
2: I think in in business, it is very, very advantageous to be open to partnerships, to networks, to relationships. I think it is a critical piece of business today. Uh, Certainly, there are some businesses now that, Don't lend themselves to that. But I think more and more, you have the opportunity. And and let me frame it a different way. It could be with a different company, or it could just be a partnership with a freelancer, with somebody that is offering you a good or a service that maybe you didn't have access to, or you didn't think you had access to pre-COVID, if you will. And now you look at the landscape a little differently of, wait a minute, everybody doesn't have to work nine to five in the same building. And I might be able to get a very specific expert who can do this one thing better than anyone else and i can hire them out as a freelancer and i look at that as a partnership and i encourage a lot of the companies we work Uh, with to really think differently of you don't always have to hire the person or have the overhead and then beyond that networking you know with partnerships for instance i was running a SaaS business and we were trying to raise millions of dollars to build something that somebody else had already built and I'm like, well, why would we do that? Why not partner with those people, see if we can license the software, we can all get further faster. And it's that kind of mindset that I think needs to be sort of adopted more um, the way we are today, where we sit in 2021.
0: Okay. That's interesting because, you know, most people, or a lot of entrepreneurs that I meet come up with this almost power hungry trip of they need to own they need to own everything. They need to own the IP. And and giving up that control is probably the hardest thing. Like giving, you know, as you said, partnering your SaaS business and someone's already got the software, just license it and use it as long as you don't get dropped along the way. Obviously, that's a different issue. But how how important then is all these things to do with aligning your personal goal, your personal why with the business why? How effective can you be if they aren't talent?
2: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> and it's, um, I would argue not very effective, right? Because, you, and I've been there, I, I've run a company that maybe wasn't my personal goal anymore, and I was doing it for a different reason. And it's just not as successful as when those two things are uh, congruent, right? You need them in sync, and it's very difficult to be successful because you're kind of, faking your passion right or you're faking the energy and that can go so far i've been there i've done it but it can only take you so far and when you're really in line it doesn't feel like work right it's you're out there doing something that you're passionate about that's probably hopefully helping the world in some way or helping the world of business in some way and when those two things are together you know i would assume you're seeing the same thing in the work that you guys do i'm asking be, if you see where those two things are not aligned, right? The personal goal and the business goal. Do you find? Have you ever seen anyone be terrifically successful, or do you find absolutely that's a
1: not? Point? No, you, you really got to have that alignment. I, I heartily agree.
0: And and it's also a lot of that, I guess, is about is about how do you then is the entrepreneur as the as you start bringing team members on, and and right up front in our conversation, you spoke about building cultures. How do you then align your team with that same personal why that you have of why you're doing it and you'd like them to carry that on? What's the, what's the secret source to really getting the team to buy into your personal why?
2: You've got to be the chief believer, right? You know That's the role. And you've got to keep communicating what is the vision, what are you trying to do? And you're doing that to attract things and to attract people. You know, and there's this great saying that my own personal business coach gave me, which is good things are attracted, not pursued. And you want to put out what you're trying to take back in. So this is my vision. This is my plan. This is what I'm trying to do. And at the same point, you're doing that so people can opt in, but also opt out. There's plenty of people that this isn't right for, your business isn't right for, and you want to have people who are aligned with your mission, your vision, the plan, and get them on the bus, right? I mean, that's just classic stuff, but it's so often overlooked where they don't properly onboard you or in the interview process, they're not really speaking to the higher level, the higher cause, what they're trying to do, the ways of working, et cetera. And really walking them through the culture. I think so many people get hung up on skill set and experience versus culture fit, energy, and and all those, you know, sort of intangibles that really matter the most.
1: Okay. So while we're on a why question, it's not quite the same, but why did you start the business that you're in today, Terry? I know you've been, you've had other businesses you've, you've built and sold. Why why did you start Future Proof Advisors?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I've been really fortunate to be successful in my life. And I finally hit that point where I'm like, I really, really want to help others be successful. I, I'm at that great place and I think I can help. And what I recognized was, No, I saw a problem again, back to what I was saying before. I saw a problem that I didn't think was being solved, which is there's all these emerging businesses and all these mid-market businesses, and there's not really a lot of people out there helping them. And from where I sit in America, the big Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, they have the huge consulting firms helping them. And then where I am, you know, very near Silicon Beach here in Los Angeles, there's a lot of emerging, you know, startups and everybody wants to be the next, you know, IPO. And so there's a lot of people helping them. Then meanwhile, there's all these kind of emerging mid-market companies with like entrepreneurs who are hustling and figuring it out, but they don't have this kind of strategic board of directors, board of advisors. They just don't have that support system and they've got the blinders on and they're just going. And this was me. I was this person and we spent, you know, 10 years before we had an exit on our company. And I didn't realize That this was there. So I basically created the company that I wish I had access to 10, 15 years ago when I was on my first entrepreneurial journey of how can I surround myself with the right kind of experts, the right kind of advisors, the right kind of, I call it superheroes. I almost liken it to the comic book, right? The Justice League of America, right? Like what if I could walk into a room and I had every superhero who could help me solve every problem I have who could just help me get further faster, but not costing you know millions of dollars, not costing tons of equity, but really in a you know effective way, being this outsourced board of experts that can really just help get further faster, and that's what we do, and that's why I created it is just to help people not have to go through what I went through.
1: Well, well-caped crusader, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we we are going to have to move to wrap up though. So if if our listeners wanted to hire a uh, one of your superheroes or maybe even you, uh, or, or just want to have a conversation with you, what's the, what's the simplest way they can get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, the simplest way is to go on our website at www.futureproofadvisors.com or you could always send me an email or find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's all there and these are easy ways to find me
0: excellent thanks terry thank you terry and thank you to my co-host Lindsay adams this is rail bricker signing off for another edition of the business excellence podcast with a reminder to pop along to www.excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence